Welcome into the Fantasy Sanctuary. We are back with another Best Ball Show, and I'm joined by Matt Thornton. You might know him as Fantasy Weatherman or from his time with the <laughs> Fantasy Wildcard Show. I know him as a good friend, one of the smartest Dynasty minds, both on Twitter and especially on this side of the pond. But tonight, we're not talking Dynasty. We're talking about God's game. That's right. Best Ball season. <laughs> 22 more days left, and we're hunting down that million dollar on DraftKings. Matt, how many drafts have you been doing? You've been getting busy, or you've just been enjoying a little bit of a more chilled kind of off season than you normally used to? Um, I think in general, maybe a little bit more chilled than usual. I've not done as many dynasty stops as, as what maybe I've been prone to over the last couple of years. Kind of learnt my lesson a little bit, but obviously with yourself <laughs> pushing that best ball on me, I've, I've kind of got hooked on that a little bit more. And I think this year, probably the most I've, I've done so far in terms of best ball drafts. So getting myself ready for today's show, really obviously dragging me out of my own world of, of dynasty into your world of best ball. So hopefully together we can we can do something quite special with the, with this build. Yeah, so Matt, you actually you won an hour long Skype call with me at the UK FFC and the Tombola, and you, you chose that prize out of there was a litany of ones on the table, and you chose that. And we talked about what we could do. And the last thing I'm ever going to try and do is give you dynasty advice, but instead, we decided that this would be a good use of our time. And we are going to jump in a, a DraftKings draft soon. So if you're in the chat and if you're watching live, do be ready for that. But first, I'm going to pick your brains a little bit, Matt. First off, we just saw trail on Burks go down today and we're kind of like, you know, some of the Twitter doctors are already speculating about this video that's basically filmed on binoculars that he might have torn his ACL. If that happens, do you think that DeAndre Hopkins gets a bump? Do you think that Chigozi McConquo gets a big bump? Or do you think it kind of is as it is because this offense could be a bit rancid as it is? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one right now. Obviously, we don't know too much. It literally only happened a, a couple of hours before we started recording today. So we, we need to see the severity of that injury. Obviously, it didn't look great from, from what we've seen and the, the rumours coming out from, from the guys on Twitter that, that know a little bit more about this and maybe what me and you, yourself know. But um, I think if it is serious and it could be a case for missing a large majority of the season or possibly all of the season, then yeah, I think there's definitely got to be some bump somewhere for, for this offence. I know it's not really an offence that we've been super excited by over the last couple of years, but I feel like it could be taking a little step forward this year. Obviously, bringing in DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's going to get his fair share. I think he would have had it anyway, even if Traylon Boats was healthy. But um, yeah, guys like Chigo Conquer, I think he definitely could have now a, a more prominent role. Uh, maybe someone like Kyle Phillips as well, a guy that had a little bit of buzz last year coming in as a, a rookie, showed a little flash right at the start of the season, then kind of fade away, struggle with injuries a little bit. Maybe he's a guy that could see a bump or whoever really steps into that number two role um, could see a little bump. But as I say, it's a, an offense that we know runs through through Derek Henry. He's, he's the, the key part of this offense. And um, obviously he's going to he's gonna smash. And I think with Burks out, maybe they do lean on him like, like we know they, they, they've tended to do in the past. So, um, yeah, just a, a tough situation. Obviously, I hate seeing anything like this so close to, to the season coming around. So I'm just hopeful that Burks can can come back this year and, and play at some point because I, I think he was in line for a great year. Yep, and um, we, we are going to get into a draft in a couple of minutes, but I'm just going to pick Matt's brain on a couple more things. like Because we have got through that kind of initial period of camp where teams are appraising what they've got, and we've got to that point where the reinforcements are coming in. Teams have decided, okay, we don't have enough. And we're seeing the veteran running backs land, like at least in New England and New York so far. There's still rumours that you know Minnesota could bring somebody in, maybe even Cincinnati with Joe Mixon being in court this week. How are you feeling about those backfields with kind of the redraft ADP? Do you feel like... Are you still in on Brees Hall and Ramondre Stevenson buying the dip or do you feel like things have gotten too muddy to be taking them at the moment? Yeah, I think it's it's a tough one. Obviously, two different situations in, in terms of, of what's going on at, at the Jets and, and with the, the Patriots. I think with the Patriots, that's kind of been a backfield we've known for, for years has been an absolute mess when it comes to Bill Belichick and what he does at the running back position. But last year, he, had, he kind of repaid the, the favour of all the years of hurt we've had from him having Ramondre Stevenson as that lead back. And I think bringing in Zeke Elliott, I'm not too worried about it, to be honest. I think a lot of people are thinking he's going to take a, a big chunk out of what Ramon J. Stevenson was, was offering us coming into this year. But um, while I do think Zeke Elliott's going to be used at the goal line, we saw how productive he was at the goal line last year for, for the Cowboys. I think he got 12 touchdowns last year. So definitely had a nose for the end zone, whereas Ramon J. Stevenson didn't really have that, that touchdown upside. I think he only got five or six last year. So bringing in someone like Zeke, who, who can power through and get those short yardage, um, short yardage runs is, is going to be useful for the Patriots, but I feel like Ramon J. Stevens is still going to be the, the, the running back to own in that backfield. I think he's still going to see plenty of receiving work. 
Um, and I don't think it's one of those situations either where if anything were to happen to Stevenson, that Zeke's then going to be the next man up and, and be the lead back. I feel like it then becomes that committee would become used to with, with the Patriots. So Zeke, not somebody I'm super interested in this year, but maybe as a late round dart throw and that can maybe get you a touchdown here or there in best ball, it, it could be worth a shot later on. Um, and with the Jets, another really interesting move bringing in Dalvin Cook because we all saw what, what Breesold did as a rookie last year coming in. Um, looked fantastic before that injury. Many touted him in, in Dynasty World anyway as the RB1 for Dynasty. The, the future outlook looked great for, for Breesold in that offense. Obviously suffered that tough injury. And now I feel like this move kind of shows that he's not going to be 100% for this year. We know anyway from ACL injuries looking to, to previous injuries. Guys like Darby Cook himself, I believe he had an ACL injury didn't he, to, to, at the start of his career. And that kind of took him a couple of years to, to come back from anyway. So this is just a sign to me that the Jets aren't 100% confident in, in Breesall being back to 100%. So bringing in Darwin Cook, he's somebody who he knows. Still had a bit of juice left in him last year with, with the Vikings. And I think coming into the Jets, he's going to go for them something greater in, in the running back position. And we'll just see what happens with Breesall. Maybe he's now somebody that we, we start up more towards 2024 rather than this year. But um, yeah, looking forward to how that backfield plays out. Yeah, and as Deft Angel says, Zeke can carry my PS strong bags for a week or two, no more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a situation that plays out to be Zeke and, and Pierre Strong being together in a, a committee. Yeah, definitely. And we are going to jump into a draft in two minutes' time. But Matt, you obviously, you know, you've put so much great dynasty content out there over the last few years. And, you know, you're one of the few people whose opinions I trust completely. <laughs> and you know that at this time of year, everyone looks amazing in camp, but are there any rookies that you were hoping to hear hype around that you haven't so far that you're feeling like, okay, well, that's maybe flying under the radar and they're not living up to what I'd maybe hoped in their first year? Um, That's a good question, Sparrow. I think there's, there's not really one that really stands out to me that I was maybe expecting a lot from because a lot of the guys I tend to target are guys that are either obviously well-known, the, the guys at the top of the drafts that you're looking to to get hype, and they tend to get out of hype anyway because they are such well-regarded coming in. Or I either go for the super deep guys that nobody really talks about, and it's not very often you find people talking about these deep guys until maybe they get a little shot later on in, in the season. So uh, for me, there's no one really that stands out. Maybe someone like Rasheed Rice, I thought he could be maybe getting a bit of hype. Obviously, in that Chiefs offense, there's kind of an opening there at the wide receiver position for somebody to step up. Um, but it seems to be Scarmore, a guy that I really like last year, actually, that's getting that little bit of hype this year. So, um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be great to, to see Scarmore do well this year. But also, I'd like to see Rasheed Rice get that option, uh, that chance this year. And, um, yeah, he's somebody that I think could have a, a chance if he steps forward in, in that offense. Okay, so let's not dilly-dally anymore. If you're here, if you're in the chat, and if you wait in a draft with us, we're going to jump in right now. So... The best sport, this tournament, the DraftKings one, it has been filling up. There's only two spaces in that one, so let us know if you manage to get in or if you end up in a different one. Uh, but this tournament, yeah, it's kind of slowly filling up. It's at 56% of a minute. It's still got quite a way to go, seeing about 10,000 entries per day. It feels like there's definitely another offer on the way at some point, probably around the back end of this month. Uh, so we get a 110. It's been a little while since I've had one of those early picks, Matt. Have you uh, found a particular area in the drafts you've been enjoying drafting from more than other areas this year? Uh um, I mean, a lot of the times I have done draft, I've actually kind of been towards this this back end um, of, of the draft. So I'm kind of used to this area. So that's quite good that we've we've got this position. It's a, a situation I'm kind of used to. But um, I always like being a little bit earlier. Maybe it's a shame that I never seem to get that around that pick three spot. I feel like that's a spot where you can't really miss. It feels like there's there's three guys at the top there, maybe even four that, that I quite like. So um, being in the top four would be ideal. But um, yeah, one ten, I'm I'm fine with that. As I say, I'm I'm used to it. So it's gonna be it's gonna be good to see who, who falls to us. Yeah, so we've got Michael who's in the chat who's picking at two. Uh, I don't recognise anyone else in there, but do let us know if you're in the chat and got in <laughs> in time. Uh, so this draft will kick off in about a minute. If you're unfamiliar with it, there's $1 million up top. Finishing inside the top 10 will get you 100 grand or more. 10K finishing inside the top 100. The final, it's 1,400 people. So it's like real DFS one-week tournament at that point. So we are going to need to hit the nuts to take home everything here. But that's okay because we've got Matt's <laughs> brilliant fantasy mind and we are going to go to it. I think... 
I was saying before, this is draft 100 for me in the Millie Maker, and I'm definitely getting to a point where I feel like I'm having to push myself to start taking different players. I mean, we'll see my exposures as we go through with Spike Week overlay on, um, like towards the top. 7% Justin Jefferson. He's just an auto pick at 101 for me, but yeah, Cooper Cup at 15% in the Millie Maker, 21% overall on DraftKings. I'd like to buy more. I think I'm not worried about him at all. Matt, are you worried about Cooper Cup and the hamstring injury that he picked up? No, I think um, I've been like yourself, obviously, listening to you talking up Cooper Cup quite a lot this offseason, and I'm right there with you. I think he stepped straight back into being that target hog that we we know he can be. There's been no real improvements in terms of what they've got at the Rams in, in the wide receiver position. Um, so, yeah, I think Cooper Cup's a smash, that connection he's got with, with Matthew Stafford. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, I think in full PPR, he's just such a target yeah. hog that it's completely fine. In terms of how the first round's been playing out, Nick Chubb's kind of crept into those mm-hmm. back three picks more and more over the last few weeks. You see his ADP is hovering at 13.1. Eamon Rassane Brown now up to 11.7, a firm fixture on that turn. And yeah, I can't get enough of Eamon Ra. I think, you know, always a possibility he might dip a little bit today because he did have a minor injury, I believe, in camp. But uh, yeah, let's see. Also, we've got the league is picking out third. Love to hear it. CMC straight off the bat. That's, I mean, you just can't argue with it too much. Uh, I think he's obviously the clear candidate to be the RB one, unless you want to get spicy and throw Bijan in the mix. Are you, I mean, you must be hyped for seeing Bijan, Matt, like as a dynasty yeah. guy and a Devi player. Yeah, absolutely. As I say, I've had a lot of picks at around this 10-9 spot and I've been taking Bijan pretty much in, in every single one where possible. I think the the workload he's going to get is is going to be great. PPR leagues, he's going to be getting those receptions as well. Um, if I'm locking this stuff running back, it, it tends to be Bijan at this spot. Yeah, so we are one pick away. Uh, Eamon Ra goes, should we lock in Bijan? Yeah, I'm more than happy to, to do that, Tom. As I say, I think it fits in perfect into that offence, locking in that that solid running back to, to start the draft and then we can can look elsewhere. Yeah, shout out to Fantasy Wildcard Podcast Network, Matt's former home, and Kev. <laughs> it looks beautiful. Come and get it from me. Uh, <laughs> so we do have a couple more picks. Have you been finding yourself starting running back, running back a lot, or do you find with the kind of current wide receiver landscape that you want to get some exposure, one of these higher up wide receivers before things drop off? Yeah, I think, as I say, being in this spot, a lot of the times if I can get Bijan early, I tend to then look at a wide receiver because there's a, a couple of wide receivers that kind of tend to fall um, to, to that start of the second round that, that I really like. So I do tend to use the go running back wide receiver, but if somebody like a Saquon Barkley who's just being picked, um, a couple of months ago before the contract, he was easily getting Saquon Barkley at the, the 203 spot. And um, yeah, I've taken plenty of running back, running back starts with uh, guys like Bijan and, and um, Saquon Barkley. Okay, so we are one pick away. We've got Bijan Robinson and then CD Lamb at the top of ADP, uh, Devontae Adams, Gary Wilson, Tony Pollard. It's, you know, there's not. Too many of these players who I think if CD falls to us, we're getting like you know four rounds of value, four picks value on that. I'd be banging the table with him, but he goes. So it's Devon Adams, <laughs> Garrett Wilson, or Tony Pollard. I've, I've been trying to get more exposure to Tony Pollard, but I don't mind either of the wide receivers if you've got a strong lean, Matt. Now, I'm a little bit like itself, to be honest. I think Tony Pollard's somebody that I wasn't really super into, but I've started to come around to a little bit more, and I feel like he's got a great shot. So, um, yeah, happy to, to get Pollard there. Cool. So, I mean, one of the benefits of DraftKings is that so many different builds work on here. You know, like last year we saw yeah. that even in the final, there was many robust RB teams. There were zero RB teams, and... Kind of one key takeaway for me is that all those robust RB teams, so that was teams that took like three running backs in the first four rounds, they still all got five wide receivers by the time they left the first nine rounds. So I think starting running back, running back's completely fine. You can definitely open yourself up to still being in the quarterback market, being in the elite tight end market. There's plenty of value in these first nine rounds. It just You just always want to get to that sort of, wide receiver four, wide receiver five, before you get into the Alan Lazard, Juju Smith-Schuster sort of dead zone of wide receivers. Yeah. Death Angel saying tough to go RBRB, this end of the board with who's around with three, four, ten. It does get a little bit dicey sometimes if we get a really wide receiver heavy 
draft, but there's a few guys I like and who I'm keen to get you my pick your mind on, Matt. But in terms of camp stuff, like we talked before about how everybody's looking amazing, everybody's looking great. But the rookie quarterbacks at the weekend, you know, CJ Stroud didn't look particularly great. Bryce Young went four for twenty-one over three series against the Jets. Were you concerned all about those guys? I mean, Anthony Richardson's named the starter now, so and obviously Bryce Young's already been named the starter. But were you hoping for a little more, a little more juice in their first preseason games? Um, I think it's tough. I mean, this is literally the first time that they're, they're playing, I suppose you call it an NFL game. I know it's the preseason, but I mean, this is the first game. There's a lot of pressure on these guys. Guys like Anthony Richardson coming in, who's had that little bit of doubt around him as well in terms of what he can do as a passer to come in and, and throw that early interception. It's it's tough to see. You want him to start well because I think the talent's definitely there for, for these rookies, but we've just become so accustomed to, to these rookies just waltzing into the NFL and, and dominating guys like the wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. These guys that are coming in and just tearing it up from, from week one, basically. It puts a lot of pressure on these rookies coming in and, and gone of the days of where you you kind of expect these these players to come in and take a little bit of time to to adjust to, to the fast pace of the NFL. And I know it's still the preseason, but um, yeah, it'd been great to see him come out and, and throw six touchdowns, no interceptions, and in, in, do a Justin Fields, I guess, and just do these little screen passes that, that look great on, on, the, on the stat sheets. But um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the first game that, that they've played in, in terms of the NFL and um, I'm not too worried myself. And if I'm getting any kind of dip, obviously coming from that dynasty background, if I'm getting any kind of dip in terms of getting these players, I think long-term, I think they're all pretty safe. To be honest, guys like Brash, and I think it's going to be great. Anthony Richardson, obviously, there was a little bit more risk there, but the upside is is incredible with him. So not too worried personally. And I'm, I'm still very hopeful for these guys. Yeah, I think I've been probably slightly cautious on Anthony Richardson, more cautious than I would like because I got so heavily burned by Trey Lance over the last couple of years. <laughs> but Anthony Richardson isn't Trey Lance. You know, yeah. Trey Lance had a much bigger hill to climb straight away, and I always thought he could do it. And obviously, that was misplaced trust and things <laughs> didn't work out. But Anthony Richardson, he only ever had to compete with Gardner Minshew, who is not a good, good quarterback. He's not. A fantasy worthy quarterback as well so I always felt like this was on the cards uh matt we're one pick away obviously we started running back running back uh which kind of pushes a little bit more towards wide receiver here the player ahead of us has got two wide receivers already with jonathan stevenson ramon jonathan taylor ramondre <laughs> stevenson josh jacobs at the top of adp and Cam Akers goes off the board there. Should we lock in a wide receiver with Debo, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, one of those? Yeah, I think at this point we've got to look at wide receiver. Me personally, I'm looking more at Jerry Judy, I think, at this point. Obviously, I'm open to 20 suggestions from you, Tom, but... Um, no, I'm I fine like with that. Judy. I like Jerry Judy. Uh, Cam Akers going off the board there yeah, is was, kind of um, interesting, to say yeah. the least. Uh, he was thrown out of practice today <laughs> by the Raiders players. So. I mean, when you're, when, you're fight, when you're playing for this million dollar, Tom, you've got to get some fighters in your roster. I mean, this is this yeah. what you want, those guys that are going to put it all on the line for you. That's, uh, that's what you got need. Got a bit of dog in them, yeah. So we'll be watching <laughs> to see if uh, that guy stacks in with George Pickens later on. Um, but yeah, I do like Jerry Judy. I think like you go back and look at what he did like the last six, seven games last year. He was producing at 2.7 PPR points per touch, which was the same rate as Justin Jefferson. The big difference was just that the Broncos couldn't stay on the field. They were making less plays than the Vikings. Yeah. And I'm not saying Jerry Judy is Justin Jefferson, but when you can be that efficient in a bad environment, it gives me a lot of hope that things could be pretty good this year. Uh, we are one pick away. In terms of the wide receivers, this is where it is going to dry up. We could go Debo, who I quite like. I feel like he's going to be the first option in San Francisco this year. But we could reach down a little bit to Mike Williams. Or do you want to scoop a bit of Ramondre value? <laughs> I mean, it's tempting, but we have gone two running backs at the start. I'd probably lean a little bit more towards Debo, like you said. I, I quite like him again for this year. So I'm um, happy to get, to get that second wide receiver, I think, at this point. Yeah, I like that. I think, uh, like I say, Debo's somebody that... I, didn't, I started the offseason quite down on Debo, and then the more and more that I looked into it and kind of looked at how things played last year, and you go, okay, well, when Brock Purdy was on the field and everyone was healthy, which was only a small window, Debo Samuel led the team in target share. After Christian McCaffrey got there, there was a bit of a worry that Debo would see less touches, but he went from 8.0 touches per game down to 7.8. It really wasn't anything that we can't deal with in fantasy. 
And yeah, we've missed out on the elite quarterbacks. You know, this is kind of bypassed us now. And you look, the team here will be looking at Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. no doubt, with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But I think that's kind of fine. You know, we've got options for stacks with Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel. Those are both quarterbacks that come cheap. And we can concentrate on what we need to do, which is probably drafting a good chunk more wide receivers. Uh, so, Matt, when, you, when you're when you sort of like approaching things from a dynasty mind, do you ever find it hard kind of switching to redraft and best ball and thinking like weighing how much you're going to dive in on the rookies for this sort of stuff? Yeah, I think um, it is really tough going from that dynasty mindset and switching it up to, to redraft for me personally. Um, obviously, I invest a lot of time into dynasty and it's hard to get out of that mindset. You're always thinking about maybe a year in advance and, and obviously you don't need to do that in redraft. You've got to think of the here and now. Um, but I think the one thing for me that has changed playing a lot more redraft and, and best ball is the running back position. I'm kind of looking that at more of a redraft mindset when it comes to, to running backs anyway in dynasty. So running backs, I kind of feel like I've got a good gauge on, but it's these wide receivers, like you mentioned, looking at rookies, as, as I mentioned a, a few minutes ago. We've kind of been blessed with these rookies coming in and, and being awesome, but we shouldn't be surprised if rookie wide receivers maybe take a year or two to, to develop into what we expect from them. Maybe somebody like a Jared who just picked, obviously didn't have the, the amazing rookie season that I think everyone expected out of him when he came in as a rookie. So um, it is tough to get out of that mindset. I'm always thinking of these these rookies that are, are flashing and thinking there can be something um, for this year. But um, yeah, that, that dynasty mindset keeps me wanting to circulate back to these guys, which is which is tough, but um, yeah, I, lo- I love the challenge of, of doing redrafting and switching my mind away from dice for a little bit. It's nice to to have that break from from just thinking about the long term outlook and thinking more of the here and now. Yeah, and as the league says, before we got drafting, spoke about Brees, fifth round Brees, and getting yeah. there five three. After Michael, who is in the chat and in the draft with us, went double elite quarterback early on, so. Mm. Interested to hear whether Michael did that intentionally or whether his kids might have actually uh, just somehow managed to cause <laughs> havoc all the way from his grandparents. Um, we are a couple of picks away, one pick away now. Um, and so we're at pick 58. We've got Bijan Robinson, Tony Pollard, Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel. Uh, Aaron Jones has fallen 10 spots past mm. ADP. Brandon Ayuk is sort of sitting right there at ADP if we wanted to go all in on the Niners. Alexander Madison, George Kittle, Chris Godwin, Gabe Davis. I mean, I probably lean towards wide receiver, but if you want to make yeah. a case for anyone, Matt. I mean, I've been drafting a lot of Aaron Jones as, as maybe as my RB1 when I've kind of faded the running back position. So he's definitely somebody that I'd look at. But like you mentioned, we've kind of gone with those two stud running backs. So Chris Godwin, yeah, you've got it highlighted there. He's somebody I'm definitely in on this year, and I think he could be a great pick as a, as a wide receiver three for us. If all things plays out with, with Baker Mayfield or if Cal Trask comes in and it works out, then yeah, yeah, I think I it's mean, going to see a share. Baker Mayfield was one of those players that had a good preseason game after he'd been terrible in preseason prep training. I think he'd thrown like nine interceptions over the course of a few practices. But he had a turnover three game. He went eight of nine in his pass attempts for 63 yards and a touchdown. And whilst that doesn't mean that he's going to light it up this season, it gets a little easier to trust him. Uh, so we're back on. In terms of the wide receivers, Gabe Davis, George Pickens, Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably about as far down as we want to reach. Any of those guys, or do you want to look at the running backs? I mean, this feels like one of those really sticky spots where I'm I'm not super in on anybody really around this area. So, I mean, I know Gabe Davis is kind of that post-hype sleeper maybe, but um, yeah, I'm I'll more open to listening to, yeah, to you on this one, Tom. I'll take Gabe Davis. I mean, yeah. I've been auto-clicking Jackson Smith and Jigba a, mm-hmm. a lot and I'm very high on him. I know that, you know, he's definitely a player who's got, he's going to have to get past DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in terms of target share to really have the kind of season which could be difference making. But on full PPR sites like this, I feel completely fine with it. I think, you know, we've never seen DK Metcalf truly separate from Tyler Lockett in terms of target share. And I think Jackson Smith and Jigba wins him in areas of the field where, Geno Smith is really good at throwing, so I'm kind of okay with it. Um, was was he your wide receiver one in Dynasty, Matt? 
Uh, yeah, out of the rookies, Jack Smith and Jigbo is definitely my wide receiver one. Um, really excited to see what he can do. It was interesting when he got selected by the Seahawks. People seem to step away, even though we're constantly bang on, don't we, about talent over situation. But yeah, we, we found ourselves uh, people being concerned about the landing spot in Seattle. But um, yeah, I think we're, with Lockett's obviously getting up there in age, DK Metcalf's, well, he's shown flashes and, and looked to be a good wide receiver. I don't think he's kind of hit that, that scene a lot of us expected out of him when he, when he flashed as a rookie. So... I think Jack yeah. Smith and Jacob can come in and, and be that target hook for the Seahawks that, that maybe they need. Obviously, they've got the two playmakers in in Lockett and, and Metcalf, but I feel like Smith and Jigba is going to be that that solid um, target hook in, in the middle. And yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do as a, as a rookie. And I think, again, we spoke about that redraft and dynasty mindset. The dynasty in me says I love Jack Smith and Jigba. I wouldn't be too concerned in redraft, to be honest. People are seeing him as that wide receiver three in this offense, but he could easily be the wide receiver two. Um, straight away as a, as a rookie. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in on yeah. Jack Smith and Jigbert. Um, Michael says it seemed like a good idea in theory. Interesting <laughs> to see where it goes. Uh, Michael, if you're setting up a Viking stack there as well, that would definitely mm. be fun. you got TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison. Uh, Dev Angel asking, any thoughts on Alex, Alec Pierce's second-year breakout like in Bevan Pittman with Richardson? Matt, how are you feeling about Pierce? Um, it was a guy that I was never super into when he came in as, as a rookie and he didn't show too much last year. I guess it is obviously coming into that second year. We constantly see wide receivers take that jump um, when they come in as, as sophomores. So um, he's definitely a guy that can take a step forward. It's how much do we, do we trust Anthony Richardson and, and what he can bring to this offense. Obviously, a lot of people are going to base on something like a, a Trey Lance that came in and, and when got the opportunity, didn't really show too much as a, as a passer. And people are going to be concerned that Anthony Richardson's not going to not going to have too many pass attempts. I think we, we know what he can do with his legs, so it feels like that's going to be the option. Yeah. So. so we're back on the clock. Two running backs, four wide receivers. Zay Flowers got steamed all the way up to this area of the draft. Brandon Cooks, Miles Sanders, Javante Williams, Sean Watson, David Montgomery. Anybody particularly feeling or Quentin Johnston? Um, I really like Miles Sanders this year in terms of a redraft mindset. So if we're maybe looking to, to lock in that RB3, he's somebody that I really like this year. Yeah, we'll take Miles Sanders. Uh, I think, you know, this area of the draft is an area of draft where league-winning running backs have come from. And I feel yeah. like, you know, Miles Sanders maybe isn't going to be quite the same ilk as like Leonard Fournette a couple of years ago or James Conner. But he seems to have a fairly clear avenue to sort of pass-catching work. There's a bit of talk that the, I think it's the hamstring injury he's got might keep him out of training for another week. But I don't mind it. I mean, at this area in the draft... I quite often push running back a little too far and end up sort of getting to my running back two, running back three in the double-digit rounds and feel like I'm possibly missing out on players here. Uh, at this stage in the draft, with sort of two picks ahead of us. It does feel like we might want to go wide receiver. Um, and Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnson are at the top of the list. Zay Flowers is out there breaking ankles and you know, <laughs> taking souls every day in training at the minute. And Quentin Johnston would give us a bit of week 16 and 17 mm -hmm. correlation from the teams that are highlighted green. You can see using the spike week overlays, I can see them. Uh, Zay Flowers or Quentin Johnston, which one should we go with? Because one of them will be making it back to us. I mean, I feel like I've got to fight it on for this one to not go Zay Flowers. Being the, the Ravens fan, I feel like you're going to be super in on uh, I mean, at 22% Zay Flowers, I've got my yeah. bags packed on him. <laughs> and I mean, I'm happy then to, to fulfill your needs of maybe going a little bit more to, to Quinton Johnson. He's a guy that I really like. Again, going back to, to my dynasty roots, he's somebody that I had as my wide receiver two out of the rookies. So a guy that I'm really high on. And yeah, I think he can be, he can be great in that high-powered offense, as you mentioned, a bit of correlation to... So week 16, 17 as well. So, um, nice. yeah, I like that. We'll lock that in. And we've now got five wide receivers. As Michael says in the chat, James Cook and Javon, they really caught me out as they were moving up. Yeah, both players up by sort of 20 spots in the last okay. few days, last week or so. James Cook now going right up in the middle of the seventh round. Not many spots behind Damian Pierce, J.K. Dobbins, James Conner. How do you feel about him? Because obviously you're... Your dynasty evaluations are ones which I always really trust. And obviously, last year was completely unspectacular for him. He fumbled mm -hmm. on his first touch, didn't he? And then <laughs> it just never really got going. Do you think he can make that leap? I mean, 
I'll, I'll be honest straight away and say James Cook's a guy I've never really been on when the, when the hype was building, when he got picked by the, the Bills. He st- I still couldn't get behind it. I mean, what he did for for, for Georgie, he was, he was more that receiving back and then going to, to the Bills, an offense where we know Josh Allen's not really targeted the running back a great deal. Um, it didn't feel like a great situation. I wasn't high on the talent anyway. So he's a guy I've never really been on in, in terms of dynasty. The outlook looks good in terms of this year, but somebody like Damian Harris coming in, coming in, he's a guy that I've actually been targeting later on. If if I'm looking for, for that late round running back, it's more Damian Harris that I've gone towards than, than James Cook. But I mean, there's no denying that the efficiency is out last year when when given the opportunity in that offense, it, it, it did great in terms of, of the yards he created when, when running the ball. But I'm just I'm just not in on him to be honest. I feel like Damian Harris is going to be that bruising back that that maybe the the Bills need to lean on more. That's the the area of their game that I feel like they really needed to improve because they was relying far too much on on Josh Allen, his legs, and him throwing the ball. They really needed to establish that running game. And if I'm picking out of the two, to be honest, it's more Damian Harris that that I quite like for this year more than than James Cook. But I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong, and I, and I do hope that he, he can have a good year this year. So we're a few picks away. I just want to get your thoughts on another player, Jameer Gibbs, going over three-one mm. in this draft. I mean, he had a solid preseason game this week, six for nineteen on the ground, which isn't particularly great, but an eighteen-yard reception. Are you surprised this is where we've got to with Jameer Gibbs, or you know, was this like the best-case scenario that you'd hoped for? Yeah, I think in terms of, of where he's currently going in ADP, I think it's kind of that shiny new toy kind of syndrome, whereas because he's so fresh and he's kind of that unknown, we're, we're all super excited by him and, and what he can do in this Detroit offense. It's obviously an offense that's that's improving and I do quite like him as a player and what he brings as a, a receiving back. Obviously, this being PPRs is great, but um, I do just have my concerns. Damien, uh, David Montgomery being there. We saw what happened last year with Jamal Williams and him being the runner and then DeAndre Swift being the, the receiving back. Obviously, different players. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what yeah. he can do in terms of PPR. So, it's round nine. We've got three running backs, five wide receivers. We can kind of go a different direction. This wide receiver is going to dry up soon. Nico Collins, Odell Beckham are the best bets here. Brian Robinson, yeah. Antonio Gibson, David Njoku. Any of those you want to go with, Matt? Pat Frymouth? Um, I've always got that running back love. So somebody like Antonio Gibson, I really like um, that that receiving PPR work. Eric Bieniemy well, coming in. Yeah, we'll take Antonio Gibson, which again gives us a bit of week seventeen correlation uh, with the Niners who play San Francisco to play the Commanders that weekend. So we're starting to build out that week seventeen correlation a bit. And now with four running backs through five through ten mm-hmm. rounds, ten we have. Only two on a week seven bye, but everything else is kind of freed up. We can probably punt running back till very late in the draft. Um, So we'll be looking at kind of, we could take Aaron Rodgers unstacked. We could look to like backdoor stack it with Tyler Conklin later on or Corey Davis for Odell Beckham falling 10 spots past ADP. Traylon Burks did go eventually just on that 9-12 turn. No news yet about him. Uh, we've got 30 seconds. Nico Collins, see somebody you're in on, Matt, or do you want to look at the tight end position? I mean, I know you've been speaking quite a lot about Nico Collins. Obviously, that ADP's been creeping up and creeping up, but he's a guy that I've really liked, and I feel like he's going to get that opportunity this year, obviously, with the offense hopefully taking a step forward with the, the new rookie quarterback coming in and CJ Stroud. Yeah, I'm happy to go Nico Collins here and, and roll the dice on what could be the wide receiver one in, in Houston. Yeah, it's it's just a murky area of the draft. It's an area I probably lean towards the running backs more, like guys like Smiles GP, Ryan, Zach Charbonnet, yeah. Devin A. Chain, Rashad Penny, who are all kind of nice. So I don't mind the tight ends here. I've probably been in more in on David and Joku than I've been on Pat Fryermuth, who it just feels like he's gonna come off the field a little more than we'd like because yeah. Dwayne Washington is a really good uh, pass protector and sort of like should be good at run blocking and stuff like that. Um, we've got Chris from Fantasy Football Garage here tonight. Purdy has seriously good skill players around him. I think are very undervalued. So one of the lessons I came away from last year learning was that, okay, if I'm high on Tyler Lockett and if I'm high on DK Metcalf, I think that Noah Fan can have a good season. But at some point I need to be taking shots on the quarterbacks and I didn't take enough shots on the quarterbacks till late in the offseason and I didn't have enough Gino. And Gino was probably one of the steals last year. So, yeah, great point by Chris. I think it's like 
it's very much something I'm trying to do this year. I've probably got more Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell than I would like as a byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. There's plenty of time for that to come up and good. Um, in terms of how the draft's played out so far, nothing too crazy really uh, for a DraftKings draft. No kind of like crazy first round picks. Uh, Cam Akers in the third round, possibly mm-hmm. the the outlier. But we are the only team without a quarterback, which might mean that we get a bit of quarterback value fall into us. In terms of that position, we've got Russell Wilson, who probably would need a little bit of a fall to come to us to give us that kind of Jerry Judy stack, Week 17 correlation. Brock Purdy later on. uh, And then, yeah, we could look at some other options as we get down there. But in terms of this area... The running backs, Jared McKinnon, Tank Bigsby, Jalen Warren, Damian Harris, Elijah Mitchell. Are you drafting much Elijah Mitchell this year, or do you think that CMC is just going to take all the work and he's not really going to be have any contingent value? Um, he's definitely a guy I've been taking some, some stabs on. I think we obviously know the talent that, that Christian McCaffrey's got, but we did see last year that when Elijah Mitchell was healthy, he was kind of seeing some opportunities, even with McCaffrey there. So I feel like he's somebody that can maybe get you those couple of spike weeks if... McCaffrey were to, to go down maybe early in a game or, or if he gets an opportunity um, of, a, of a stretch of games, then he's as a handcuff on one of the, the best backfields in terms of what we get for fantasy on that 49ers backfield. So definitely somebody I've liked as a handcuff who can maybe have those couple of weeks where he can be, be a usable asset. So yeah, somebody I really like later at this point. And this is, I think I'm a little bit like yourself. I feel like in this draft, we've gone running back a little more early than maybe we would do, but it just felt like the, the right moves to make at the time. So this is kind of area where I've been feasting a lot in, in my drafts and targeting these areas of running backs. I mentioned Damien Harris a little bit earlier. This is the kind of range where I've been looking at running backs. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to see what we do here. Russell Wilson does go to a team. He takes him unstacked. No Colin Sutton, no Jerry Judy. Took Daniel Jones two rounds earlier. That's okay. We will not be better about it. We'll just move on. Um, so in terms of looking at what we can set up, we could take Pat Fryer, move 20 spots past his ADP here. Yeah. I think that's a good value. I think you know we don't have a tight end yet. And then that gives us another potential stacking partner with Kenny Pickett. Um, yeah. We will have Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett coming back. We've got Bryce Young. We could add to Miles Sanders if we truly believe he's going to throw the ball to him more. Uh, in terms of other players, we could double tap the quarterback, Tyler Higby here, or take Sam Laporte, which gives us a bit of Week 17 correlation against the, Cow- uh, against the Dallas Cowboys, but Tony Pollard already on our roster. We're kind of at a decent sort of spot, aside from quarterback. Do you have any kind of strong leans here, Matt? Um, no, not really. I think now the fact that we've taken that that tight end one, I think we've got good value there in impact for Amy Flight. I mentioned this is a guy that I've not been super into this year, but I feel like at that value, um, it felt like a guy that we couldn't really pass up on. So I feel like he's solid enough. I feel like there's some Titans that you can maybe get a little bit later on in drafts that maybe we can work into to this kind of roster build. So um, I'm happy to to not target a tight end if you're maybe wanting to look at quarterback, depending on who falls to us, or, or maybe go back to, to wide receiver again. There's nobody kind of here that I feel that good about. I think we're in a three-quarterback build now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we take Tyler Higby, then it gives us three potential quarterbacks to come back to us on yeah. the next turn. Because um, now around pick 150 or 152, you've got this cluster of Matt Stafford, Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Our next pick is at 154. And if we can get one or even maybe two of them, when it comes back around, then I think that's going to be all right. Michael's saying he's getting nervous for us guys getting a quarterback. <laughs> hey, look, not all of us are going to take a quarterback in round three, followed by a quarterback <laughs> in round five, Michael. <laughs> I mean, we've basically got no quarterbacks left after after Michael taking taking two guys so early. So yeah, um... you, if you don't want to get nervous for us, Michael, don't take all the quarterbacks <laughs> <Yeah>. that early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got James in the chat saying his team is screaming out oh, somehow. I mean, James, a Washington fan, he's getting rather sick of me and Rich just laying into the commanders. Well, I'll, 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 I'll say something nice because I like Sam Howell. He's a guy that I really liked as a, as a rookie. It was a shame to see him fall in the, the draft, but 
I think given the opportunity this year, I'm, I'm hopeful he can do something with that that commander's offense. Like you mentioned, with the weapons that they've got there, they've got some some solid wide receivers in in Dotson and, and McLaurin. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm confident in in somehow being able to to do something this year. <laughs> and if you are here tonight and this is your first time finding Fantasy Sanctuary, or if you're here, you've been watching and you're not subscribed, do me a big favour. Hit that subscribe button. We're powering on through redraft season. We've got loads of good content on the way. Rich's got Dynasty buy and sell videos. Next Wednesday, I'll be drafted in Fantasy Pro's $350 entry championship. That one will be a tight end premium redraft league. It's going to be a slightly slower 60-second pick draft, but it will be good to mix in with the high stakes. We have some more good guests lined up. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if that isn't enough for you, you can join the Fantasy Sanctuary. Hit the join button below from 99 pence a month, $1.25. You get access to our Discord. There's over 100 people in there setting up drafts together, startups, helping answer questions. You've got all mine and Rich's articles and content and premium stuff that you don't get anywhere else. It's a good time to be subscribed to the Fantasy Sanctuary. Death to Angel say, I too am burned by DK drafters taking four QBs for no <laughs> rhyme or reason. Yep, it's uh, it's tough in these streets, but hey, let's say this is draft 100 for me. I feel like I've seen most of it by now. <laughs> we do lose Kenny Pickett to the Jalen Warren drafter at three, who is in the chat with us tonight. So, I, you know, I'm not going to hate on that one too much. I think the league 2014, he's uh, building quite a nice team there so far with Kenny Pickett, Jalen Warren, Jacoby Myers, Zach Charbonnet, Geno Smith, Michael Pittman, Jack Smith and Jigba. Fifth round, Brees Hall, Christian Kirk, Mark Andrews, Calvin Ridley and CMC. A lot of players I like there. Uh, mm. It's uh, definitely feeling fine. So we are a couple of picks away. And Matthew Stafford also went on the corner. So it feels like we've just got to lock in Brock Purdy <laughs> here straight away and just uh, yeah. make sure of that one. Um, in terms of other quarterbacks, CJ Stroud down a little bit further will give mm. us a bit of correlation. We could take Mac Jones with a Patriots player as well. Do you want to lock in another quarterback here? It's a bit of a reach against ADP. Or in terms of wide receiver, we could take Mingo. We could take Alec Pierce, Curtis Samuel, running back. Foreman, Devin Singletree. I mean, there's nobody that's really standing out to me as somebody I'm desperate to grab. So, I mean, if we want to secure a QB2, I'm fine with that. Or, let's, yeah, let's Jonathan. Go, yeah, sure. let's, go, let's go Donovan Peoples Jones. I'll just throw the wild card pick him there because he's a player who <laughs> I had plenty of last year and he did really well for me. And I haven't had enough this year. And I think there's definitely a world where. He ends up being the wide receiver two over Elijah Moore, who I'm yeah. perhaps a little lower than some people. Uh, are you back in on Elijah Moore, Matt, or do you feel like you know you've seen the downside too much? <laughs> well, let's just say I'm probably more in on him than what I was maybe this time last year. But um, yeah, I mean, he's got an opportunity again, and he going to to the Browns and trying to establish himself as that wide receiver two. I know your co-host Rich was really high on Elijah Moore as a, as a rookie, so he'll be hopeful that he can take that step forward this year but I agree with you I think Donald Donovan Peoples-Jones he showed flashes last year of that he can be that that solid wide receiver too in this offense and he's obviously got that bit of chemistry already with, with Deshaun Watson so um I, I like the pick I think he can definitely be that wide receiver too in this offense um but dynasty man I'm hopeful for Lajmo just because of that that hype that he had as a, as a rookie but I like Donovan yeah. Peoples-Jones as well so one pick after we took Brock Purdy, John Love went off the board. At the weekend, he went 7 of 10 for 70 yards and a touchdown in two series. Spread the ball around a lot to mm -hmm. five different pass catchers. How are you approaching Jordan Love this year? Because I really struggled to get on board with it. I feel like yeah. contract design seemed a bit like a chicken shit way out. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, we've just seen so little of him. His deep ball rate was really poor when he was on the field. But... Yeah. It feels like this Packers offense, if we can play fast, we've got a lot of young, exciting options. Do you think do you think I need to be getting more Jordan Love in my life? Um, I'm like yourself, Tom. He's not somebody I've been super into. I think it's the, the whole situation from him being selected so early by the Packers, then sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. Then you keep seeing these clips of, of training in training camp where he's thrown into the nets and missing it by 10 yards over the top, over the top or into the ground. And 
you just, you just, there was never really any buzz about him. And when he came and, and got the opportunities when Rodgers was here, he didn't really show anything too spectacular. It made you think, yeah, he's going to be the franchise quarterback uh, moving forward. So I've never really been able to, to get over that. And like yourself, not really somebody that I've invested too much in this offseason. Um, but it's interesting how the Packers have built that offense now around him, a really young offense. Um, he's obviously got some solid veterans, guys like Aaron Jones that I mentioned. I think that's why I'm so in on him this year. I think he's going to be a great safety valve for, for, for Jordan Love, being that running back that can catch the ball. So, um, yeah, if he can do that, get the ball out of his hands quick. He's got playmakers, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, as I mentioned, um, and, and Reed as well that they've selected. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what he can do this year. So, two picks away. Uh, we've got Bryce Young kind of towards top of... ADP, um, we mentioned we obviously have Miles Sanders already. Uh, Tajay Spears is there, which gives us a bit of correlation with our Nico Collins pick across both week 15 and 17. Taysom Hill, which gives us correlation as well. Any of these players you really want to go for? I think if we take one more running back around here, we'd be pretty much done at the position. Yeah, Tajay Spears is a guy that I'm, I'm really interested in this year. Obviously, I know he's, he's behind Derek Henry, who's arguably one of the best runners of the ball that we, we've seen for years in the NFL. So he's, uh, he's obviously got a big hurdle to, to get around in terms of getting touches, but he offers something completely different to, to what Derek Henry offers. And if he can find his way into that role of being a pass catcher, or if, if Henry goes down, we, we've got a good running back. Yeah, and CJ Stroud makes it back to us. We've got yeah. week 15, 16, 17 correlation with him. Falls perfectly into our left lap yeah. at ADP and now we've got a quarterback room of Brock Purdy and CJ Stroud if that doesn't scream high ceiling <laughs> I don't know what does um, but it feels like you know two Shanahan offenses we've seen yeah. Shanahan's coaching tree go out there and be sneak good at times I think the Texans offensive line is going to be good and although CJ Stroud hasn't been named the starter yet it feels inevitable that he will yeah. be and that it'll be you know good value for most of the season so I mean, on that, was he your quarterback one coming out or were you in the Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young camp? Um, he was actually my, my quarterback one in terms of, of the rookies coming in. After the NFL draft, I kind of was was forced to put Anthony Richardson at the, the, the quarterback run just because he went so early to a great offense in, in the Colts and and uh, obviously a great new coach that he's got there with, with the Colts coming over from, from the Eagles. So the situation kind of, bumped Anthony Richardson up to, to being the QB one, but CJ Stroud for me in terms of talent, he's right up there at the, at the top and I think he's it's falling into a situation where it might be a little bit rough going to, to start the, the year, maybe this year could be a little bit rough, but he's got some weapons there, I think, with the, the Texans a new, a new head coach coming in as well as you mentioned, so um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do and hopefully he can, he can come in and all guns blazing to, to kick off as a rookie. So, uh, Zamir White went in the 15th round. He's been creeping up draft boards because Josh Jacobs still hasn't signed his franchise tag, still isn't practicing with the Raiders. Uh, at the weekend, he went 43 yards and a touchdown on 13 carries, which is pretty much more, almost as much as he did last year. I think he had 64 yards on 16 carries last year. It really wasn't particularly good whatsoever when he did get spells. I had 20% Zamir last White as a hedge against Josh Jacobs, who I was very outspoken on in pretty much anywhere I could get up on a soapbox. Uh, are you are you hopeful that Zamir White can take a step, or do you think he's just merely just treading water till uh, Josh Jacobs gets back? We are a couple of picks away, but I'll let you get into that for a moment. Yeah, I think I, I've never got too much more to add to me. So I think, like you said, I think if, if Josh Jacobs doesn't sign that contract, does sit, then yeah, he's got a great opportunity there with, with the, the Raiders being the, the lead back, but um, I think long term, he's a guy that suffered with, with two terrible injuries in college, two ACL injuries. So, um, obviously, got a, a lot of issues in terms of what he's come out, got over to, to get into the NFL. Um, and I just worry maybe he hasn't got that durability that, that we hope for in terms of what he can do moving forward. But um, yeah, if he gets an opportunity this year, he's, he's got to grasp it, I think, with both hands because it feels like this is the, the one and only opportunity he could get if Jacobs does sign that contract for, for a long term deal. We're back on the clock. Baker Mayfield is the last quarterback, last starting quarterback who's out there. He'd give us a stack for Chris Godwin, which works well for me. Should we just lock him in? It's, yeah, it's I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think we needed him for yeah. this quarterback room of Brock mm -hmm. Purdy, CJ Stroud, and Baker Mayfield. But yeah. we have plenty of high ceiling players elsewhere. We've got a 3 5 7 2 build. We'll probably need another tight end, mm -hmm. possibly push another running back. Um, but we could definitely be looking at wide receivers. 
Is there any of these wide receivers towards the top of the list, Matt, that you'd like to make a case for? Or um, should we push wide receiver and instead just get on board with one of these tight ends who are going to dry up quite quickly? Um, in terms of tight ends, Mike Gesicki is a guy that, that I'm kind of into this year and, and think could be interesting seeing the role that he could maybe get, maybe being used as, as more of a wide receiver than a, than a tight end potentially in this offense. So he's somebody I really like. Wide receivers, I've been taking a lot of Michael Hardman lately, kind of getting on that that hype, that best ball hype of, of the splash weeks that you can get from him. Well, but... let's take Mike Gesicki, close yeah. out our tight end room, gives us a bit more correlation. So in terms of week 17 now, we have Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel playing against Antonio Gibson and the Commanders, CJ Stroud, Bataille Spears coming back, and Nico Collins, Jerry Judy, Quentin Johnston, Gabe Davis, Mike Gesicki. And this this feels like pretty good in terms of the stacks that we've got. We have – I'll just scroll down so keep an eye on the draft board. We have CJ Stroud with Nico Collins, Brock Purdy with Debo Samuel, Baker Mayfield, Chris Godwin – and plenty been written by uh, Mike Leone this season about how good just having at least one quarterback with a pass catcher is for your rosters. Mike Wilson going at the 18.5. Uh, he's somebody that's kind of crept from being undrafted in some drafts and in the 20th round to being drafted reliably. Do you think he's going to bypass Rondale Moore to be the wide receiver two in those two wide receiver sets? Um, I think he's definitely got a shot at doing it. Obviously, coming in, new coaching regime and, and bringing, in, bringing in Wilson, I think he's definitely got an opportunity of doing that. I really like Rondell, Rondell Moore, to be honest, Tom. He's a guy that I've been been super excited for, hopeful for. Obviously, he hasn't quite been able to, to hit the ground. But last year, he showed that flash when when given the opportunity. It's just, can he stay healthy? I think with Rondell Moore, we know the, the size issues that everyone's going to keep bringing up about Rondell Moore. But um, I'm still really hopeful. I feel like he could be used in a lot of ways in that that Cardinals offense. So um, I'm still going to back Rondell Moore, but I do see why people are starting to get in on Wilson, as I say, with that new coaching regime um, over with the, the Cardinals. Yeah, I think that's the biggest barrier for me is the coaching regime, what they feel about Rondell Moore, because, yeah. you know, he played on 39% of two wide receiver sets during games. He was active last year, so he's shown that he can do that. I think, you know, there was that viral clip of uh, Jonathan Gannon talking about wanting to get Rondell Moore more vertical. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we don't necessarily need to put an awful lot of stock into, but... He just he's a dynamic player and I think that he can be a quarterback's friend near the line yeah. of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And with the kind of quarterbacks that the Cardinals might have to trot out this year, that's no bad thing. Uh we have a three five seven three, Bijan Robinson, Tony Pollard, Jerry Judy, Devo Samuel, Chris Godwin, Gabe Davis, Miles Sanders, Quentin Johnston, Antonio Gibson, Nico Collins, Pat Frymuth, Tyler Higby, Brock Purdy, Devon Peoples Jones, Taji Spears, CJ Stroud. Baker Mayfield, Mike Gesicki, and we are about to be back on the clock. Uh, so in terms of wide receivers, we've kind of lost a little bit. You know, there's Calvin Austin, Josh Palmer, Mac Hollins, Puka Nakua. I know you dynasty guys love <laughs> a bit of Puka. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> Jalen Talbot, who's creeping up after making a catch yesterday. Uh, do you want to go with Puka? I mean, yeah, why not, Tom? Let, let's get Puka in there. He's a, a guy that I really like in terms of dynasty. If he can get that opportunity early, we know there's not a great deal of wide receivers there with the with the Rams that have shown too much outside yeah. of the Cup. So. so we've got a three five eight three build. I mean, with our running back, Bijan, Tony Pollard, um, Gibson, Miles Sanders, and Taji Spears, I feel fine leaving that at five. Do you want to push yeah. it? Or you... so in terms of wide receivers. Anybody you want to bang the table for? I mean, it, it would have been it would have been Puka Nakua, so I'm happy for you to to, to take this last one. Let's take Demario Douglas. Uh, okay. So many people around the Patriots are convinced that he's going to have a big role. I think he's going to be a decent difference maker because he's not mm-hmm. being drafted in every draft, and he yeah. gives us a bit more Week 17 correlation. So when the Bills played Patriots in Week 17, Gabe Davis, Demario Douglas, and Mike Kosicki. That is what we're hoping for, people. Uh, Michael asking, as a full Galaxy Brain 24-round pick, if you guys had any thought about potential for Donald to get in in San Francisco. I'm going to be honest, it's not something I do because I just don't want to take zeros constantly. And I think Baker Mayfield is enough of a question mark. CJ Stroud could be a little bit of a question mark early on. And I feel confident that Brock Purdy is going to be out there early and 
we saw the quotes from Carl Shanahan saying that he'd have to completely melt in practice in order to not be the starter. So I don't think it's something that I'm really doing on these kind of teams where I've got three quarterbacks. If we'd been locked out of Baker Mayfield, then I possibly would have considered it a bit more. But because we secured what looks to be three starting quarterbacks, I'm kind of fine with that. Uh, and Michael just followed it up saying, I have a few $3 teams with San Francisco receivers, stuck with QB1, took him as a handcuff QB3. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of exactly what I was saying. I don't mind that at all. Uh, last few kind of tight ends going off the board as we wrap things up. But our team, Bijan Robinson, Tony Pollard, Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel, Chris Godwin, Gabe Davis, Miles Sanders, Quentin Johnson, Antonio Gibson, Nico Collins, Pat Frymuth, Tyler Higby, Brock Purdy, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Tajay Spears, CJ Stroud, Baker Mayfield, Mike Gesicki, Puka Nakua, Demario Douglas. I think what we've got there at the end is something I really like because getting weird with those last two picks, there are not going to be many teams at all who have Puka and Demario Douglas paired. And those can sometimes be the kind of key differences that help. Michael, your team out of the two spot where you started, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, let me just make sure I don't press the wrong button. Josh Allen, TJ Hawkinson, Joe Burrow, John Addison, J.K. Dobbins, Cortland Sutton, Elijah Moore, Rashad Penny, Dolan Kincaid, uh, Damian Harris, Rashi Rice, Jaden Reed, jo Jonathan Mingo, Chuba Hubbard, Lou Musgrave, Ty Chandler, Lenny Fournette, and Deontay Harty. Looks like a very nice team. I've got to say, for a team that started with two quarterbacks <laughs> early, it's tricky because you always feel like you're chasing one position. And it, yeah. It was a pure zero RB team, starting with J.K. Dobbins in the seventh round, which is a screaming value still, in my opinion. But, you know, you got those kind of five wide receivers through nine rounds. you got a late hero approach, an elite tight end. I think, I think it's nice. Uh, anything standing out to you on this board, Matt? Um, just to ask, Tom, I think our roster's looking looking pretty good, Obviously. to be honest. I think that's uh, that's a lot for that million dollars. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and then, of course, we've got Etrinta at the three spot. Was yeah, I like that team. BMC, Ridley, team. Andrews, Kirk, Reese Hall. I mean, yeah, getting all those, Jack and Smith and Jigbert, there's a lot of guys that I'm high on there and really like. Michael Pittman, Dalvin Cook. I was listening to... Our friends over at Underdog Fantasy today and Hayden Wings, who is a very smart guy, was talking up Dalvin Cook, is probably should be going about round six mm. and talking about, you know, the possibility that perhaps Aaron Rodgers just really does want Dalvin Cook on the field. And he mentioned he wouldn't put him Aaron, past Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers never watched Brees Hall play, which, <laughs> yeah, that seems fair. So that's definitely a nice team as well. I like how that one is built. Uh, so all in all, I think that's a pretty good draft. I think I've got no worries about that one, really. Um, Michael's saying I never really go double RB, but the RBs you got in a run there are good. Yeah, I've been trying to do a little more double RB this year because when you look back at last year's data, it was basically Hero RB and Dual RB were the most common builds in the finals. Hero RB was slightly ahead of Dual RB or Delank RB, whatever you want to call it. But it was close enough where I've been trying to force myself to take some of these pairings. And no, I like it. I think Bijan and Tony Pollard is a nice pairing and uh, can do well. In terms of everything else, Matt, tell the people what you do with Weather Report each week <laughs> on Twitter because this has become one of my absolute must-see parts of Twitter before setting lineups and stuff. And for anyone unfamiliar with Matt, it's absolutely worth checking out the description, hitting his name and going on Twitter and following him because weekly it's just really, it's a godsend. Yeah, it was just something that I came up with the idea of. Obviously, we're in a, a world now where everything's so easy to attain. You go on Twitter and there's so much data in terms of what you can get for, for the players playing the game in terms of the, the yardages that they can score and, and everything like that. So I was just looking for a niche in the market. What, what, what were people not talking about? And it felt like the weather was something that was really overlooked. I mean, nobody really takes much note of the weather. You kind of see the little icons on, on sleep or whatever platform you play on and, and think, oh, that's going to be a sunny game. That's going to be a, a bit of a win. But 
you don't really take too much attention on on what it can actually do to affect your lineups and when i dug in a little bit deeper it really does make a big difference and i think it's it's overlooked quite a lot in terms of, of fantasy yet it has such a big impact on on the games and i think that showed last year last year felt like a great year for for me bringing it out and and what happened in terms of there was a lot of games where the weather caused a lot of effects obviously the the storms that were were happening in the us last year so um, it kind of worked really well as in in terms of getting it out there and people using it as as viable information for, for setting the lineup so um, yeah, that's something I started doing last year. As I say, it became really popular. Just having that one area, I think, of getting all the information you need rather than having to, to do it yourself, going to all these different websites, looking at the, the weather forecast. I can just condense it down into, into a thread for everyone that was, was easy to read. And and yeah, it seemed to, to be popular. A lot of people liked it. It helped a lot of people. Um, I tried to, to highlight the players I thought could maybe be affected by, by the games. Obviously, you know, if there's strong winds, that's going to affect your kickers throwing the ball. And if it's snowing, obviously, so the running backs get used more but yeah it it, it kind of takes a knock on on the efficiency of running back so it was just something that i found really useful and as i say something that i felt wasn't too much out there in terms of being able to attain that information so um yeah i've been doing that over on my, on my twitter page i'm looking to bring it back this year um as you mentioned i kind of took a little bit of a step away from from content production but um that was something that I had a lot of people reaching out to me about so um something i can quite easily do and and yeah i'm looking forward to bringing that back well, uh, for one, I'm 100% glad you are, and I know lots of other people are too. Uh, we are going to get out of here, but before we do, hit that like button down below and hit the subscribe button if you've not already. Next Wednesday, $350 FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship Draft. I might be back on Monday with a guest for another DraftKings draft. Rich's got loads of Dynasty buy-sell stuff on the way. Chris, Michael, Rich, Ali, everyone in the chat, James. Appreciate you being here tonight. We'll be back very soon.